Hello, and welcome to the Battle Line Podcast, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm here, uh, your host, Matt Satterley, and with me here is the editor of Peer Magazine, my co-host on this podcast, the world-famous... <laughs> Co-host in life, Jamie Satterley. Jamie, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. The sun is shining. It's not shining today, so okay. I couldn't say it. I had to leave right. the line out. All right. We also have with us here our co-host, producer, the one who really makes this whole thing run, the world famous Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how are you doing today? World famous again. <laughs> Sorry, Elizabeth. I'm super swell. I'm stoked to be here. Uh, Elizabeth, last time we talked, you said no matter how cold it gets in Alexandria, you were wearing your flip flops, your sandals. Uh, have has that continued since the last time we talked? That is correct, and they're actually um, platform sandals just to make them even cooler. So I'm going to brag. The '90s called. They want their. They're so hip. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's all coming back. It's all coming back around. Got my butterfly clips and ready to <laughs> rock. <laughs> All right, we're super excited about today's episode where we get to speak with the territorial youth secretaries from our homeland, the Southern hey. Territory. Yay, that's right. So we have with us today uh, Majors Tim and Cheryl Gillum. Uh, they've been divisional youth leaders and now in charge of uh, youth ministry across the entire Southern Territory. So in this role, they've developed a new kind of plan, a new vision coming out of COVID that we're going to talk a little bit about and see kind of their thoughts uh, on youth ministry in general. So uh, we've worked with Tim and Cheryl a lot in the past. They've been uh, mentors, and then we've gotten to serve alongside them and also underneath their leadership. So we're very excited to talk to them today. How are you guys? Hey, we're doing hey. good. Thanks for having hey, us. Hey, yeah. And we'll pay you afterwards for your kind words. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, listen, again, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, so first off, there are people who listen to this podcast who aren't in the United States. Um, so tell us again, just uh, we always ask this question first. Tell us a little bit about yourselves, your responsibilities. And then for those people who don't know, what part of the United States does the Southern Territory cover? So Sharon and I have the, the, the blessing and the privilege to oversee all of the Salvation Army's youth and young adult ministries in the southeastern United States. That covers the 15 southeastern states and the District of Columbia. So we go as far north as Maryland, as far south as the tip of Florida, and as far west as Texas and Oklahoma. So um, we cover a pretty wide area, but uh, tell you, it's, it's really a blessing to, to do what we do. Yeah. And to tell you a bit about ourselves, we have three children, uh, Jam, that's how we remember them. Jacob, Ashley, and Michael. <laughs> I like that you have to have an acronym to remember your children. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Jacob is 26, and he is about ready to enter into the Evangeline Booth College in the fall, so we're excited about that. Ashley is 24, and Michael is 18, and he's getting ready to graduate. Yeah, we were talking before the podcast about feeling old. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, and he's, he's getting ready to head into his sister's footsteps and head to Asbury University. Is he, so he's been able to go in person. Is he going to have in-person graduation? Yeah, he is. Oh, good. He, I'm so he, glad. There's a limited amount of tickets uh, because of COVID, but yes, they're going to have in-person. Scalper outside. I got two. I got two. <laughs> he actually went to the prom too. So that was really, really a great. Yeah, that's awesome. Great it's good to see him. life getting back to some sort of normal. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So we've asked this question of every TYS so far. And let me tell you, I don't know if you've heard their stories. <laughs> they have been wild. We've had to wild. edit. We've had to yes. edit some We're of them. We're going to do some editing. What is the like uh, kind of funniest thing uh, that you ever experienced at camp or in youth ministry? A favorite story. It's funny because one that pops into my head right now is one is it has to do with you, Tim. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It has to do with TYI. Let's hear it. Let's go. No, no I don't want to tell his story. So we'll tell you afterwards. It has something to do with like a bunch of guys that are now officers that were sitting in their uh, cabin playing cards naked. Listen, at the, oh, ba- yeah. at the Battle Line podcast, we name names. We name names. Just put them out there. Put their yeah. business right out there. I think they're. Yeah, I'm. Sur- I'm surprised Cheryl even remembered that story. <laughs> I, I, I would imagine this is a very family friendly podcast, <laughs> so I, I'm not really able to share the wackiest story. But one, one that came to mind immediately was one year Cheryl and I decided to open up a youth council. It was the very first thing out of the blocks with an all male timber drill, and. Uh, we thought we were going to be the funniest thing that's ever hit the youth council circuit, but it actually was really good and it was well received. <laughs> so the joke, the joke was on us. You played uh, yourself. Every, we we had a standing ovation and they wanted us to do it again. So Listen, that's, that's, awesome. that's one story that came to Colonel mind. Colonel Bill Mockaby would be ashamed of you. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, he inspired us to joke on timbrels, and it really it ended up being really good. Didn't you guys like wear pink button-up shirts too? We did. We had pink uniform shirts. <laughs> nice. Is there video evidence of this somewhere? And did that timber I'm brigade? Sure there is. Yeah. Did that timber brigade perform again a second time? No. No. Okay. There was re- there was a request for the group to perform again. But all the guys, including myself, said no once way. It, once it got serious, Tim's like, I'm out. I'm out. Tapping out. All right, Cheryl, last chance. Do you need to tell the naked people? I mean, I'm not going to give names. I mean, that's pretty much it. They were trying to embarrass their counselor, which was Tim. This was back when he was a lieutenant. <laughs> so uh, if I'm understanding, here's, here's how the story's going in my head. Tim opened the door. There were a bunch of naked dudes playing cards. <laughs> Just kind of saying like, yeah, oh, go were, fish. Do you do you have a six? Anybody? Anybody? They were, they were having conversations like, I hope they have lasagna for lunch tomorrow. What do you think? Are you going to go swimming or go horseback riding without a stitch of clothes on? They're having like normal conversations. So, and most of those guys are, are officers today. Check the show notes for the names of those. <laughs> my lips are sealed, uh, guys. Love my peeps. <laughs> Oh, listen, we really, we really wanted to bring you in because when the coronavirus hit, like life just changed immediately, right? And and you guys down south, we heard about you guys and what you've, you did something very cool. Like you took the pause and, and redeemed the time is what I guess I kind of think. You took the time of the pause and you really took that time to evaluate the state of youth ministry in the Salvation Army in the South. So tell us a little bit about that. Why did you decide to do this? Did it, was it kind of forced upon you or how did the process go? Tell us a little bit about that. So, you know, when, when everything started with Corona and everything was shut down, um, we heard rumblings of core doing this and that church of church, church in the box came out of Corona or out of the pandemic, you know? So, um, 
people were doing things. No one was just sitting on their hands, right? But um, as territorial youth leaders, we had this impromptu call and just were kind of like, what are you guys doing? Like, how are you... Uh, how are you making the way through? Do you see Do you see a vision for the future? And out of that conversation came um, just some some non negotiables. I think that we all um, talked about and said, you know, out of the youth department, these are the things that really we need to be concentrating on, uh, and that is evangelism, discipleship, and leadership development. And um, after the conversation, you know, we just we kind of stepped back a little bit, wrote some notes and, and just began to pray into it and say, God, what do you want us to do? Like, how, what do we do with this? Because we were, we're desperately trying to resource the field, but honestly, they were coming up with stuff on their own. So it wasn't that they needed an immediate fix for that. So we thought, wow, God has given us this, this opportunity to pause and to reset some things possibly. And so we just kind of started praying and, and, um, fleshing out some things. And then we had a meeting with our DYLs uh, in September, which we were so fortunate to have an in-person meeting. And we, we decided to say, or to go through a process of what do, what are we doing now? What's working within our system of programs? What's not working? And how can we pivot and begin to change our mindset from being programmatic driven to biblically mandated evangelism, discipleship, leadership development. Was, so was, was that a change with programs? Were you saying, well, some of these programs have to go away or just sort of a re a reevaluation of them? You, you know, we, we can't, we've come to the conclusion and I'm sorry to say it, it may have taken the pandemic for us to come to this conclusion. The pandemic gave us some time and space to kind of really think about what we do. And, you know, it's not rocket science, but what worked in 1955 may not be working in 2021 and beyond. But that's just the truth. And so we, we really asked the question, where do our young people need to be and how do we get them there? And so if moonbeams and, and character building programs aren't a method to, to, to do what we need to do, then what will work? And so that's how we kind of came to this. And Cheryl said it earlier. We asked the question, what do we do well? What don't we do well and how do we improve? And so that was kind of the genesis. Uh, and so based on those conversations, we were able to compile a lot of information. Um, and then we, we put together what we're calling a philosophy document um, to move forward. And we're hoping that uh, it's starting to catch fire kind of underground, unofficial. Um, but we're, we're hoping that early in 2022, we can actually roll this out officially. Um, we're, we're getting a lot of good feedback uh, from people who have seen the document and they've heard been part of the conversation. So, yeah. And, and to, to really speak to your question, it's not necessarily about scrapping programs, right? Right. It's more of if one of the programs, it's more of not having to have the standard of every one of those programs in your core. Okay. And so what are you doing in a core to evangelize? What are you doing to evangelize, evangelize young people? What are you doing to disciple and what are you doing for leadership training? If one of those programs that we already have is working, then, you know, by all means, don't throw it out. Keep doing it. Keep using. We have really good curriculum. What we need to do is try to customize for core. Right. And and to make it something that fits into a core context instead of mandating it for everybody. 
And the, the key to this, to the success of this is really because it's created at the front line level. It's in, and so the, the youth leaders and the, and the core officers on the front lines are coming up with their own goals and their own strategy. We're providing some possible resources or ideas and coming alongside to encourage. And so we started something in the South. The old core standard has kind of disappeared. We're, we're starting something called the battle plan. And the battle plan kind of simplifies the, the old core standard and it's created the goals are created by the local core. And so then it's kind of, it goes up the tree, up the ladder for, for an approval. But we want, we want to come alongside those core to make sure that every one of our young people, our, our young adults, are, are getting what they need, spiritually speaking. Yeah, I love so much two things about what you said. One, that you took the time, that you took this opportunity to really stop and reflect because it, it really is true in the Salvation Army. Everything moves so quickly or time moves so quickly. You don't always have the time to stop and reflect. You might, you know, feel in your spirit or know, okay, we probably need to make the adjustment to this, but having the time to stop and and to kind of dream that out, we just don't always have that space. So I love that, that you took this opportunity. Sometimes I've wondered throughout this pandemic, are we taking advantage of, of the, what's, what's being given to us you know, instead of trying so hard to go back to normal, are we taking advantage of this forced break to really see like what 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 new and beautiful thing could come out of it? Um, and so I'm I'm very excited as um, I hear your thoughts uh, and have have spoken with you about all this about what could come out of it. I also love that the South is embracing the opportunity not to have uh, a complete mandate for every single core because. You know, Baltimore, Maryland is very different from Fayetteville, Arkansas, and what works in one it doesn't necessarily work in the other one. Right. Um, and so, to to allow people to to dream their own uh, plan for the context that they're in, I think is is going to be a new and exciting thing. Um, so I'm I'm excited to watch from afar and see what comes out of all of this. Yeah, and you know, we really feel like God is doing something not just in the Salvation Army, but in the church universal. And, you know, there's this anticipation that something's about ready to break forth um, with youth and young people and young adults. Um, I'm, and I'm speaking of revival. And the thing is, is that programs cannot contain revival, right? But our biblical mandates and the way we follow scripture to teach and to equip that does carry revival through prayer. And so that's, you know, that's really kind of the, the foundation of what raise is, is we want to raise children up in the way of Jesus. And we want to introduce them to Jesus. We want them to grow in Jesus and we want them to become leaders, uh, not just in the Salvation Army. I mean, we want them to be leaders in the Salvation Army, but we want them to be leaders uh, of the kingdom, right? So it is a very kingdom mindset and not just like, again, programmatic. And so, and, you know, again, this is all concept. This is all on a document ready to, you know, we've, I think people are, it is catching fire because it is, I think it's a God thing, you know, how that, how it rolls out is, is to be seen. But, um, I really feel like God saying to us right now, like, I need you to recalibrate. I need you to reset. And I need you to understand that I'm doing this because pretty soon something's about ready to break loose and you need to be positioned to contain it and to be able to equip those who come into your 
places of worship. Yeah, that's great. I think you're right uh, that the the young people, there's such a potential in this generation. You know, so often it's easy, I think, for us to focus on kind of the the negative trends that you see in Gen Z, like the, you know, they have only 4% have a biblical worldview or, uh, you know, Gen Z is twice as likely as other generations to identify as atheist. And we kind of get bogged down in those things. But I also think about the potentials for Gen Z, how passionate they are, how concerned they are, uh, how they know how to mobilize for a cause. And I think that if, you know, if, if we were able to embrace, embrace all of those things, what, like the possibilities are endless is such a, a beautiful uh, potential for the future. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to see how they affect the world. And how the church, what the church can look like if we just let them be who they are. You know, we forget, Jamie, that we walk by faith, not by sight. And so when we look at this generation and we see all, we point out all those things that you just mentioned, we forgot, we forget that we serve a God who actually created them and he's about ready to set them on fire. And we, we as leaders better position ourselves to make sure that we're in a right, right frame of mind, right, you know, position with God to be able to help them to be the church of today. He's going to set them on fire. And we, I mean, even in this last week, Tim and I have seen some things that you could see the flames starting to, you know, just like that spark starting to come, come alive. And, um, and, and for us, that's God's confirmation. Like I'm about ready to do something. What I told you is coming to fruition. So it's exciting. Uh, what I love about this, uh, this uh, battle plan is that I, I appreciate you have core program and, and strategy DHQ strategies and THQ. So on every level, it's, it's not just, Oh, the core just need to start doing this. It's everybody on every level uh, trying to uh, jump in. What, what, what do you hope, what do you hope comes out of, out of raise this new battle plan? Well, I think Cheryl kind of alluded to it a moment ago. I think we get the sense that, we're on the verge of an incredible revival and there's going to be an incredible harvest of souls. And it's not going to come from the old fogies. We believe this revival is going to come through. He means us. The he younger, means us. Yeah. Us. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going it's to come through Gen Z and even younger. Um, and so it's easy to, to look at the stats. It's easy to watch the news and, and to read what's happening around the globe and get kind of depressed and discouraged. But I will speak for me, and I think I speak for Cheryl too. We have this sense in our spirit that we are on the cusp of a mighty, mighty revival. And it's going to come through these younger generations. Um, we, we're seeing the Lord speak through and work through these young people like I've never seen before. And Jamie, you're exactly right. If we can kind of harness these gifts that they have and this this new younger mindset that may not exist in people like me, if we can kind of harvest that and, and harness it, um, the kingdom is going to grow like never before. And so we kind of get the sense that we're, we're right there on the edge. And Cheryl and I have been praying, Lord, let us be positioned to be a part of it and to witness what takes place. And we certainly don't want to be on the outside looking in. We want, we want to be a part of what's, what's beginning to happen and what will happen in the days ahead. 
Yeah, I think sometimes the tendency uh, as, you know, generations above or whatever is we don't, you know, we don't understand it. We're kind of scared by it. And so the tendency is to want to stifle it. But I think as you say, like, it it doesn't matter where it comes from as long as the revival comes, right? So let's embrace it instead of being afraid of it. Let's embrace it and work together to 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 make it happen. We all get to be a part of it. Right, we all get a part of it, and it's for for the furtherance of God's kingdom, not our own. Sometimes I think uh, that that tends to stop us because we want to build our our own little kingdoms. Uh, but this is all about the the furtherance of God's kingdom. So instead of trying to stifle those things that we don't understand or that are different, you know, let's work together and embrace it, and and figure out how we can build the kingdom together. Our our job is to equip the saints, right? Our, that's our job. And our kids are going to be equipped somehow. That could be through worldview or it could be through kingdom view. And we have an opportunity here to make a space for kingdom and to teach and equip in a kingdom mindset, right? And so uh, our, those kids that you're talking about that have passion and all that, they're going to have passion either in a worldly way or in a kingdom way. And God's given us an opportunity right now to be able to set ourselves up for future to be able to equip this generation. And so that's what we're excited about. That's what we hope to come out of it. That's, I keep saying all the time, like we can't possibly miss in the world we live in now. You can't possibly miss any swing. Uh, a spiritual swing is gonna, is gonna connect because of just there, you know, it's just good stuff. So, um, what, thank, thank you for that. But tell us this too, like, what is the, again, there are people who listen to this podcast who, um, uh, don't know the South, or at least they have a you know stereotypical view of what they think the American <laughs> Southland is. So what's we've asked we've asked the other territorial uh, youth secretaries this question as well. Like, what's the vibe of 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 ministering in the Southern Territory? What what for people who don't know what it's like down South? Again, Captain Jamie and I are Southerners, so uh, we understand grits and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but what is it something unique to ministering? Uh, in the southern, it's warmer. Uh, it's warmer. <laughs> I'm I'm originally from the east. I grew up in upstate New York. It's warmer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, right now I am missing that warmer. It, I'm like it's the almost it's mid May and it's cold. I'm wearing a sweater. Why is this a it's thing? It's cold here today too. I mean, it's like what high sixties. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I am missing that sun. Well, there, there are a lot of funny things you can say about what makes the South unique and or what makes us superior to the other regions of the country. <laughs> We're not um, editing. We're not <laughs> editing that. Not editing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I want to go, I want to get back to a, a spiritual conversation just for a second. <laughs> Bring it back to Jesus. I really do get the sense there, there is a vibe that something incredible is about to happen. Uh, listen, I can't wait to get to our Territorial Youth Institute this year. I'm not sure what's going to happen, and doggone it, if I'm not depressed that the two of you aren't going to be at TYI this year, Matt and Jamie. <laughs> We're sad about um, it, too. Listen, I am really, really, really upset that you can't be a part of it. But I, I get the sense that this is going to be kind of like a coming out party, uh, you know, post-COVID and revival. I, I wouldn't be surprised if revival has its genesis at TYI this year. So there, there's this real vibe. But you want to talk about something unique. I can't think of another territory in the United States 
where you have a camp that has to deal with gators, alligators. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. uh, in fact, y'all just left the camp. I remember yeah. at a TYI just a few years ago on the Sunday morning worship, they had a wrangle and an alligator right before the worship service that came up into the living quarters areas, the, the old, the, the motel unit. Uh, so but I, don't, I don't think any other territory has to deal with alligators. Fair. That's a good so, answer. Good answer. Listen, if revival breaks out at TYI, and we will certainly pray that it is so, For call sure. us and we'll just ditch that other conference we have to be at, <laughs> hop on a plane and make our way. Like, sorry, sorry, Kamish, we got to go. I think for all of our... For our listeners out there, I think we should be praying for that, definitely. that uh, Not just for the Southern Territory, of course, but revival to break out. I mean, they're, they're, we are on, we, we all feel it. We are on the edge of something. So let us be praying for the Lord to do it in His time to, to make it happen. Sorry, I interrupted you, Tim. What were you saying? No, I was going to say, and where you guys are going, I think something incredible is going to happen in Colorado, too. So I, I think... Again, going back to the Lord strategically placing people where he needs to put them. Um, so I don't want to discount what the Holy Spirit's going to do where you are. Um, so you listen, I, I'm just, I'm, if you can't tell, I'm super excited about what the Lord's getting ready to do. So, All right. So you got, if you need something to do this summer in August, you got the Territorial Youth Institute in South and you got the National Seminar on Holiness. Uh, happening in Colorado. All right. Well, one of our last big ones, and this is a great one too, because youth ministry you know, it's, it can be tiring. It can beat you up after a while, you know, but what, what's your go-to story? Maybe it's something that happened when you were divisional youth leaders. Maybe it's something that just happened last week, but what's your go-to story that keeps you doing what you're doing? When you saw in your ministry, a heart changed, a life changed by Jesus. What story do you sometimes have to refer to just to remind you not to give up and to keep going? We'd love to hear that. Have you ever had anyone on this podcast cry yet? Uh, we've had some people get teary. Well, this might this might be a first. Um, when Cheryl and I were first appointed as DYSs, we were at our very first camp, our first week of camp, got to the end. And at the end of camp, we typically have an altar call after the worship service. And of course, dozens of kids come up and they accept Jesus Christ. We had a young boy, our first ever week of camp, give his heart and life to Jesus Christ. And of course, we celebrated. I mean, we clapped, we cheered, we hugged. I mean, it was it was just an exciting time. Well, this kid goes back home, changed forever, and the next week goes out to ride his bike and gets hit by a car and doesn't survive. But I've I've thought about that over and over and over again. What if that boy did not come to camp? Where would he be? In eternity, what where what would happen to his soul forever if he had not had the camp experience? So I think other territories say the same thing. But in the South, we say over and over again, camp changes lives. Certainly, uh, I think about this story over and over again, um, and it makes me want to be the best I can be because you never know what's going to happen from moment to moment. But I'm thankful that this young boy happened to be at camp. And I'm glad that Cheryl and I happened to be there to witness this and then to be a part of this young man's eternity. Yeah, camp. uh, I mean, camp changed my life. I will forever be a camp advocate. So excited that camp is happening in some places. Not Unfortunately, not every uh, Salvation Army camp is going to get to open this summer, uh, but a lot of them are. 
Um, and so even even though it might look different, we're excited about what God is going to do this summer. Our kids, I think, need it so much to be able to just get back to a place where they can be out in nature and they can, you know, be kids and enjoy all those things and not have to, you know, be in front of their computers doing virtual school. And, you know, they can just go out and, and have a, a great time and grow and be discipled. I'm so excited. Even selfishly for my own kids are going to get to go to camp. Uh, and I'm just I'm just looking forward to to how that is going to minister to them in a time when they really just need it so desperately. Jamie, I, I think one of your camp teachers is one of the best that's ever lived. So Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I was going to say, honestly, I think it's awesome that we have all of you guys in the room because I'm going to put my wife's business out there. Like my Jamie uh, was saved at camp because yeah. of a Bible study. Taught by Major Tim Gillum. So the Lord, yes, the Lord definitely used that week. Uh, and I'll, I'll be straight up honest. And I think I've told you this before. I did not sign up for that class because of the subject lesson. But I knew from being at camp that if any class was going to have a good time, it was going to be Tim Gillum's <laughs> class. Like it was not going to be boring there. It was going to be, you know, fantastic. And the Lord used that class in an incredible way in my life. And even having grown up in the church, I was just not serious at all about my faith until that, until that class, until that summer. Um, and so I tell that story all the time and I do, I do tell, tell them, listen, I didn't, I didn't care about the class. I just knew the teacher was going to be good. So, uh, Can we use yeah. this as a shameless plug for camps this year? I mean, there might be, there might be core officers who are, who are listening to this, who are like, okay, I didn't go to camp. You know, I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Why should I invest in camp or why should I send kids to camp? Let these stories like just inspire you today to send kids to camp, to promote it to your families, right? Uh, we know this year might look a little different, but in the years to come, when camp is full on, you know, and even if this year you have an opportunity, please send kids to camp. Talk to parents about camp. Let them know it's a safer environment where their kids could have life-changing, eternal uh, transformations and, uh, because it's so important. 43, 43 camps nationwide is when it's not Corona. We've said there are over 50,000, uh, American children come to Salvation Army camps in the summer. And it's to me, in my opinion, I know we're youth guys, so we're biased, but that's fine. It's one of the most, uh, evangelistic things that we do. Um, as best as we can tell, nearly half the kids that come to Salvation Army camps make some sort of decision or commitment to follow Jesus. Um, so camp changes and the, lives and eternities for sure. And the cool thing is we we meet people years later who, who went to camp as kids and still remember, um, you know, how transformative it was. I talked to, or we talked to, um, I think it was a nurse at a hospital in Florida. Um, and when she found out we're from the Salvation Army, she's like, oh, I worked at Camp Keystone when I was a teenager. Major. It was the the, the best summer of my life. I wrestled so, alligators there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, even you know, decades later, people remember the experiences that they had at camp and how meaningful it was in their life. So yes, if you have the opportunity to send your kid to a Salvation Army summer camp, you know, make it happen. Um, it, it is just incredibly impactful in ways that we may not even realize for years to come. All right, Captain Jamie, the, always the last question, yes, our yes. favorite. My favorite question. All right, what is giving you joy in this crazy, crazy life that we're living? Uh, you know, we always look for, sometimes it's even the little things. So what is bringing you joy this week? I was going to go spiritual, but now I am not. Okay. <laughs> cool. Because <laughs> my back deck on a nice 
70 degree day and Jenny's ice cream brings me joy. Hey, Jenny's ice cream. Jenny's ice cream is they find two bougie flavors uh-huh. and they just pick one. Let's try raspberry nah. and lavender it's, and let's see how that tastes. Okay. You <laughs> might have to help me with the name of it, but it's the butter uh, cake, butter, gooey, oh, gooey, gooey butter about. cake. Yes, oh my gosh, I'm a, choc- I'm a chocoholic, stuff. people. I mean, give me chocolate peanut butter all the time, every day. But when I go to Jenny's, what do I get, Tim? Gooey butter cake. It is the I best. Love- That's such a Southern answer, which I we love. Have a, uh, <laughs> we have a Jenny's right down the street. So next time you're up here, yeah, we'll have to go. Sure. Oh, September, hey, September. For- <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's excellent. All right, Tim, what about you? What's giving you joy? You know, usually I'm the one that, attempts to be funny and to inject humor, but I'm not making this up when I say, well, Dr. Pepper Zero cream soda is pretty good. It brings me joy. But I want to I want to say that in the last couple months, the thing that's really brought me joy is being part of our Territorial Candidates Council. Not only have we seen an uptick in the number of accepted candidates, I personally know some of their stories of transformation. And we're seeing miracles uh, right before our eyes, we we had a we had a video testimony a couple weeks ago of a guy that I found outside of our shelter with no shoes, no shirt on a day that was twenty something degrees. He was drinking three six packs of beer a day, and we wouldn't even allow him in our shelter. He wouldn't even qualify to come in our shelter for some reason. My facilities guy says, "Hey, I know someone who can get you in." Right, Major Tim. So we got him in, we got him, a, we got him a coat, we got him some shoes. He blazed through our program and now he's the first accepted candidate for 2022. And um, listen, you want to talk about someone who was crying when his video was up on the screen, I was just bawling like a baby um, because I, I knew where he came from and I see where he is now. He's a student of the word. He's an evangelist at heart, leading everyone he can to Jesus Christ. And Canada's council of all things brings me joy these days. <laughs> and so uh, I, I wouldn't have said that two years ago, but the last several months it has <laughs> brought me a lot of joy. No, and it's an answer to prayer, right? Because we've kind of been right. going through, if you're in Salvation Army circles, or even if you're not, you may know that it's been, we haven't had the the response to candidates that we have enjoyed in the past it's been smaller sessions and um i think it's it's kind of caused um a lot of introspection but also kind of a lot of uh fear and anxiety about what does this mean for our denomination if we don't have people who are who are wanting to lead um and so it you know it's it's a god thing that now you can sit in those in those things and feel joy and not fear right. and tension right <laughs> right yeah God's uh, doing a new thing. Have any have any candidates came up uh, major that were the naked people sitting on the <laughs> cabins? No, they already went through. No, that was they, they've already gone. They through. got there before you had a chance. How <laughs> you say that? They're they're your age. Those are people who are in my cabin. I wasn't uh, me. For anybody out there who's assuming things right now, is not several me. of those people in the cabin were named Matt. <laughs> Listen, I bet I could guess yeah. if you gave me. I bet I could name about probably a handful of yes. people who might have. <laughs> um, what, what's given me joy is I just went, just came this week from my first in-person conference in over a year, which is just nice to say, but, uh, the national network of youth ministries. So like the Salvation Army is allowed at the table, uh, crew, which is now campus crusade for Christ dare to share 
assemblies of God. Anybody that has uh, some sort of youth ministry is welcome to the table. And it is refreshing to see that there are other people doing youth ministry. Sometimes it's easy for us to think, man, we just feel like we're slugging it out alone. But it's nice to see that there are other people um, doing youth ministry. And the very cool thing is uh, in the body of Christ, we are all on the same team. And that uh, sometimes we just need the reminder. And that was my uh, kick in the face this week. So it's given me joy that uh, number one, to be in person with people again. And then secondly, to know that um, there are other team members uh, on this team. Elizabeth, what about you? What's bringing you joy this week? I'm going to go with the official state drink of Rhode Island, coffee milk. Coffee what? milk. My mom sent me some syrup in the mail. And coffee milk. Coffee milk. It's just, you know, like chocolate milk, you get like syrup. It's oh, wait, just coffee so hold flavored. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold so it's on. like Hershey's, Stop. but coffee. Back this truck up. Back this truck up. So there's a, like, we put chocolate syrup in milk. You're saying there is a coffee syrup flavored syrup that yes, you put in milk. Eclipse syrup. They make vanilla milk. They do okay. coffee milk. If that ain't some Yankee okay, thing. But does, but does it have caffeine in it? Because if it doesn't, why? <laughs> Just saying. I don't think there's caffeine, but it is so delicious. Is there gluten? Elizabeth, when we come back to the office, you're going to have to hook us up. We're going to have to have a taste test on some podcast episode. I mean, <laughs> when I was when I was young, I used to have coffee milk. My parents would put like, you know, a tad of coffee and then the milk in there. But not, I mean, you know, yeah, this much what, milk, this much coffee. That's my <laughs> assumption too. Coffee milk. I think a cup of coffee and you pour in milk is like creamer. No, this is the real deal. This is just straight this up sugar. This is 95% milk, 5% yes. coffee syrup. Exactly. Okay. So we're going to have to try this. Elizabeth's mom, hook us up. <laughs> Christine's on it. Christine. Rhode Island. Christine from Rhode Island. Happy Mother's Day. Send coffee milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, what's giving me joy this week? I'm actually, uh, so last weekend, it's only been a week, which seems crazy. I got a call from my dad, which isn't out of the ordinary, but he said, Jamie, I need to tell you something. And that always puts the fear of God in you a little bit. Um, but he said, um, I want to surprise your mom for Mother's Day. So I've been working with Matt and we're flying you in so you can spend the weekend with your mom and your sisters. So this past weekend, I unexpectedly, at the drop of a hat, dropped everything and flew out to be with my mom and my sisters. Uh, and it was exactly what my soul needed in that time to be able to just laugh with these ladies who know me better than anybody. And we just had the best time, you know, all those silly girl things that you do with the face masks and all that stuff. Uh, but we just had the best time. I am exhausted. Uh, I am behind on my work, but my soul is happy uh, to, to be able to have spent that time with my people. That makes me happy for you. I love. That's awesome. Yeah. It was Fantastic. And big shout out to my husband who held the fort down and did the dad thing so I could fly across the country and I went to see a conference. Mama. <laughs> well, while you're enjoying your coffee milk out on the back deck with your Jenny's ice cream and candidates board at National Network of Youth Ministries, we just want to say thank you again to the Gillums for their leadership of the Southern Territory and the youth. Great people great friends. And uh, thank you guys. Thank you. For, uh, yes. Thank you guys for, thank you for what you do. Yeah, thank thank you. you. We will, we want our listeners to be praying for not only the new battle plan, um, but for revival and for all our territories where youth ministry is happening each and every day. Yeah. And we should say, if you want to check out what they're doing, go to Youth Down South. You can say Youth Down South on social media and youth. I never remember. Is it youthdownsouth.org? It is. It's getting a facelift right now. So you're going to see a lot of TYI yes. stuff. Uh, but Brand new yeah, website. So Monday, Monday it'll go live. But um, yeah, it's getting, a, it's getting a, a facelift right now. 
Excellent. Nice. Yeah. Go check out all the exciting things that are happening. Youth down South. That's going to end this episode of the Battle Line podcast. So be sure to subscribe to the Battle Line wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to check out the Peer website at peermag.org or follow Peer on all the socials at peer.magazine. Lastly, we have a sister podcast called the Fight for Good podcast. Check them out. Until next time, again, thank you, Majors. This has been the Battle Line podcast. Bye. Bye.